Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome back to the channel and the podcast. Salvatore here today. We're breaking down a five-game weekend slate Friday, August 7th. These five games, well, there's six games on the slate. One's a showdown. Again, these games start at 4 p.m. when the five-game slates normally are starting, and I do indeed prefer that, but today we're going to break it down. Welcome. If you all could take a second of your time, if you're brand new here, nice to meet you. Hit that like button. Big old subscribe button popping up. What we're going to do here is look at the injury dashboard to target offense. We're going to look at pace, Vegas totals, defense versus position, those types of things. And we'll look at some early interest. I've already broken down this entire slate for my minutes projection. Sometimes I do that after these videos, depending on what the, the order I really want to do it in. Then depending on my preference for that day, five game slates a little bit easier. One, two less games. We're going to have a seven game slate on Sunday, six games, I believe tomorrow. So go through all those, have my minutes projections pretty much done. All I'm waiting for now for my normal projections, which you can get over on Patreon, where my final interest and my projections, value rankings, top plays, all stuff are which you can get over there uh, if you are interested linked down below that'll be done once the vegas odds come out so the target offense sheet we're probably going to go briefer through it today because normally uh sometimes we have half the game sometimes we have all of them today we only have like two of the games so probably not going to be spending too much time on that over there and we're really just going to get into it so like button subscribe button and if you are interested super draft is the sponsor of the show promo code sal as you can see on the screen sal gets you 10 free dollars to play over on super draft again they're having a lot of contests not filling somebody just added me on twitter i think they came in second place missed out by like a couple points points almost I'm banking the $2,500 prize or maybe like second or third place so it's a lot easier to win over there because you're battling against in some contests 60% less of the field if it's like NHL some MLB slates right now NBA sometimes it fills sometimes it doesn't by like 20% depending on the start time so take advantage of that you really should be you should be getting your first dollars in over there I know you want to win $100,000 but I'm gonna be honest with you out of a couple thousand people that are going to watch this maybe one or two of you are going to win $100,000 in the next like two or three years playing DFS from a one big contest right it's just really hard to do that so uh, getting your two or $3,000 wins in tournaments on DraftKings is much more difficult than it is on SuperDraft because you're playing against 100% of the field, whereas on SuperDraft, you're playing against like 70% of the field some nights. So be sure to check it out. Promo code SAL, that is SAL if you're listening on the podcast. Hope you're doing well over there as well. You will be able to type that code in or on YouTube. You'll get $10 free upon your first deposit. So let's start this bad boy off. We're going to be getting it through right now with some of the injury and status dashboard. In Brooklyn, Jaron Allen and Joe Harris are both questionable. Allen with an ankle, Harris with a groin. Just keep an eye on that. They both were able to play in the last game. They rested the game before that, both of them. So we'll end up seeing what happens here. No status on Levert, so it seems like he is good to go. For OKC, no Jenna Shooter still. He had to leave the bubble for a personal issue. So Dort will continue to start. He played like 32 minutes the last time out. Although he's been very ineffective and inefficient, he has like a 0.54 fantasy point per minute production in the bubble. Chris Paul, SGA should continue to get their normal 32 to 35 minutes for each of them. Terrence Ferguson, Mike Muscala, some depth pieces also out. Ferguson out just means Diallo and Baisley and Dort to an extent will get more run. Nader and Roberson will get more run with Muscala out in Orlando. Some big news here in Orlando. You're not going to have Aaron Gordon. He's doubtful with a hamstring. They said he's probably going to be reevaluated. So he's not going to be out there. You already don't have Jonathan Isaac. So Vooch gets a big point per minute production boost. Terrence Ross actually played the final like 18 minutes and 42 seconds of the final 21 minutes of the game when Aaron Gordon got hurt. So he played 32 to- total minutes. That was huge. Ken Birch, Gary Clark, Wes Owandu, all these guys who could potentially pick up minutes at the four or the three as well for a guy in Aaron Gordon and also Jonathan Isaac. So I do think that Ross becomes like my most appealing play from this team in general. Vooch takes on a bigger role as well probably has to play just 33 minutes now because of the lack of bodies and then all those other pieces that are just not great performers at, at all maybe if Ken Birch starts you get a little bit there but not much in, in my opinion Michael Carter Williams I'm projecting him for 16 minutes right now just to fill out my minutes projections if he's out I'll throw some of those onto DJ Augustine I'll throw some of those onto some of those other guards that I just discussed or really wings that I just discussed a little bit onto Markel Fultz so keep an eye on him questionable with a foot for Philly really bad news for them so they continue to not have Glenn Robinson he's doubtful with a hip Mike Scott has not played he's questionable so depending I'm assuming that Glenn Robinson is out I'm not projecting him for minutes Mike Scott I'm currently not projecting for minutes so it actually helps Alec Burks Matias Steibel 
four cork moss right al horford but ben simmons is actually going to be out and this is the big one there's no timetable for his return he's already ruled out so shake milton i'm giving 30 minutes and beat i'm giving 33 minutes and beats point per minute production in the bubble is over 1.8 with no simmons this year it's at 1.66 so that's very good to see harris's price points at a point where i don't really want to get it still but it's just fair now that there's no simmons like a 1.1 guy with no simmons horford a guy who has been coming off the bench probably gets back into the starting rotation now as simmons has been starting at the four and milton at the one so now maybe you get horford at the four that secures him for around 30 minutes and a tougher matchup against orlando normally but now it's just vooch in that back or that front court then guys like raul nito might get back into the rotation so i'm expecting milton to take on big minutes i'm expecting it to go horford at the four we'll end up seeing what they do here maybe if mike scott's healthy they just say no horford we like you off the bench and they put scott at the four we'll end up see what's happening but you're gonna get some combination of Embiid, harris richardson probably milton and then i'm assuming horford goes back to the four as their starting rotation here but we'll see what they end up doing there simmons is obviously a huge miss and a huge loss for this team and then patrick mccall with toronto honestly just terrence mann saw a bump in the last game og and anobi saw over 30 minutes powell around 20 i don't think they're that affected by mccall being out there so it's really just uh, maybe to an extent but terrence mann actually got into the rotation and played some minutes mccall out again i expect that to continue to happen let's quickly move into the target offense sheet where there's really not much to break down because there's not a lot of totals but we can go over the pace environments for these games again i will call out that super jeff is the sponsor of the show if you do want to check them out go ahead and also the target offense sheet will be completely filled out once the other odds are out and that'll be on patreon with the injury dashboard as well as just my model and then my model gets over to my projection sheet which my projection sheet will have the rankings the values all the stuff that's going to be important for you today that will be updated as well throughout lock so in terms of just games that are going to see a very nice pace environment well the best one's going to be new orleans and washington and it's not even going to be close it's going to blow everything else out of the water we don't have a total for this game but we do know that new orleans is a six and a half point favorite anything against new orleans is going to be a good matchup for the most part zion's still playing in his five to five and a half minute burst he's averaging over 1.3 fantasy points per minute other than zion out of all the rotational players it's just brandon ingram that's averaging over a fantasy point per minute at 1.08 then it's actually jj reddick at 0.94 the next best guy so a lot of this team is struggling whether it's Drew holiday ingram to an extent normally like a 1.15 guy 1.2 guy he's below 1.1 really just zion is playing well and he's playing in short bursts so maybe it's just an efficiency thing and he's just damn good because he's zion but you're looking at the rest of this team lonzo is struggling josh hart off the bench is struggling Derek favors is really struggling this team in general is, is not playing too well right they, they came in with a chance to make the playoffs they lose like four in a row and now it's not looking too great or three in a row and now it's not looking too great still a chance though i presume as they have a very easy schedule and they get washington here their matchup against washington is going to be pretty much really good in every other department for them so i'm expecting a high total once we see what this game looks like maybe something in the upper 230s i wouldn't be shocked if it hit 240 now they're two bad teams um i would say new orleans is actually a, a fine team now that they're healthy if they had this team the entire season uh, well quote unquote healthy with zion but if they had this team the entire season zion missed the first like six to eight weeks of the year i think they'd be in a much better spot they had a lot of injuries with lonzo and drew holiday throughout the beginning of the season for all that comes down to say that this is going to be a track meet i would expect it to be the highest total on the slate after that you're looking at a game that we actually do have a total for this is the second fastest pace game in my projection meaning possessions per team 103.48 compared to new orleans which is at 108.9 so literally six and a half higher or about six six and a half higher than any other game on the slate is that new orleans washington game memphis and okc both teams play pretty quick like i would say okc is around average and memphis is going to be the team that plays a lot quicker memphis now needing to win memphis playing huge minutes for their starters last game because yes they're trying to cling on to the eight seed as they cannot win in the bubble and the suns are now rushing them only two games back with a uh, about four games to play in this bubble the suns had no chance of winning right no chance of the playoffs people thought they've won four in a row memphis has lost four in a row there they are just two games back memphis comes into this one as a four and a half point underdog the suns like to see that they're going to have a 109.25 team total okc a 113.75 team total again no for okc today you're not going to have any terrence ferguson mike muscala and then you're not going to be having the big one in dennis Schroeder. so i do like this memphis is pricing up their guys because they're playing bigger minutes you have john moran at 8500 but it makes sense when he's going to play 36 to 
38 minutes a night at over a 1.1 fantasy point per minute production. Joe Valp had huge minutes in the last game. If he stays out of trouble, he played 34 minutes in the last game. I'm projecting him for 30 in this one. If he stays out of foul trouble, he'll see those 34 again. If he gets in foul trouble, he'll see 26. So I kind of just split the difference there on a 30 minute projection and it makes him look good at a 7k price tag. And then a lot of guys on Memphis just look good after that. Whether you get Kyle Anderson for 30 or 32 minutes, yes, I don't love him, but he's cheap. Uh, Dylan Brooks is going to play. He's 5,200. He was going to play 35 minutes, but he got in some foul trouble, only ended up playing around 30 to 32. Don't fall for Grayson Allen yet again. I know he closed the final 16 minutes of the game, but it was because Dylan Brooks was dealing with foul trouble. Brooks picked up his like fifth foul early in the fourth comes out. He comes right back into the game later on in the fourth. He picks up his sixth foul, and I believe he fouls out at that point. So yeah, Grayson Allen was only going to play about 20 minutes in that game. He ends up playing a lot more than that because of the fact that Dylan Brooks got in some foul trouble, and he was just in with the closing team that was a little bit hot. So don't fall for that because Grayson Allen was only going to see 20 minutes because he played five minute stints in the first and second quarter. And then the foul trouble start to hit in the second half a little bit for Brooks. So I do think Allen will still play somewhere around 20, maybe 24 minutes if he's playing well, but getting those 30 minutes out of him, unless somebody gets injured or he's just having a spot start that you don't expect. Don't think that's going to happen again. Don't be rushing and thinking that you found a secret gem here because it's exactly what happened the first game for Memphis. Grayson Allen played because guys like DeAnthony Melton were in foul trouble. I don't even know what's happening with Melton's minutes. He's only at like 18 or 20 minutes of my projections for today. Not great, but I wouldn't be falling for that. And then it's, it's hard not to talk about Brandon Clark, right? $4,900 again. Everybody keeps playing him and he keeps not doing well when he starts. His fantasy point per minute goes from 1.07 to 0.95 when he enters the starting lineup and there is no Jaron Jackson. That's not good, but 0.95 is still fine if you're going to play 28 to 30 minutes. Um, so eventually it's going to be clicking for this guy. I'm going to continue. Somebody on my Patreon said, why do you keep making this guy? Yes, he's 4,800. He's below $5,000 starting a power forward playing 28 plus minutes and he's a fantasy point per minute producer. Those types of players are usually $6,000 and he's not even $5,000. So every time he's going to be a yes. Since he struggled for the one time that he started, I'm not going to just automatically make him a no. He's still going to have ownership. He's still probably not going to have a ton of ownership though as much as he should. He's still going to be an interest for me. But that's all we can really talk about from the target offense sheet because there's no other team totals. The only, only other game total is a game that doesn't look that appealing to me at all. Um, Toronto versus Boston with Kemba back. Uh, Kemba limited minutes. He's only 6K. He played 27 minutes in the last game. I guess you can go there, but Toronto doesn't look that appealing. They're all priced appropriately in a tough matchup. The rest of Boston doesn't look that appealing with Kemba back, probably playing 28 or so minutes after resting in the last game. The game total is 218 and a half, three point favorites for Toronto. Nothing looks that great here. Um, not much more to break down. I'll be interested in seeing what Brooklyn and Sacramento's total looks like because that one looks pretty decent. Pace environment looks okay there above average. Uh, just in general, those two teams, not the greatest of defenses, and they can usually get up and play quicker in pace, especially if Brooklyn uh, has those guys in and Jared Allen and Joe Harris because I do have interest in both. Heading over now to the early interest and early interest, I spent a lot of time on this. So these are going to be, uh, now I normally do, but I spent even more time projecting the entire slate out um, just the way that I changed my schedule up this morning. So all the minutes are already done. I looked into every single players or every single team's last two to three games in terms of their rotations, just to make sure foul trouble, blowouts, whatever was in there, any guys who got different types of playing because they were playing good or they just got more minutes because the coach wanted to give them that. So I feel really good about these teams on this slate, feeling really good about it right now. I'll also call out that Monkey Knife Fight is the second sponsor of today's show, and they're sponsoring my NFL draft guide. So not only if you just deposit over on Monkey Knife Fight with the code Sal NFL, S-A-L-N-F-L, my name, and then the league. You go to Monkey Knife Fight, player props there now, they are quickly bull rushing FanDuel for like the number two spot in daily fantasy sports. They're right behind FanDuel and DraftKings. I did not know that until I became partners with them. Well, I probably knew that about a year ago. Came partners with them about five months ago. It's been one of the best partnerships that I've had. Them, Super Draft, really good partners to be working with. I appreciate them a ton. And if you want to appreciate them, show them some support over there. If you deposit a minimum deposit over there, even if you just sign up Sal NFL, you get $5. You don't even have to make a deposit. You get $5 to play, go make a prop bet, whatever you want to do. But if you do a minimum deposit, they'll give you $5. Then they'll give you a ticket to a future contest. So like another $5 or $10 ticket. And then they'll give you my draft guide, which is a $30 value for the NFL season, getting right around that fantasy football time. So if you want to check that out, I have a ton of fantasy football videos, a playlist with like 50 to 60, probably 80 or so videos by the time 
time the season starts, maybe even 100. I don't even know. I've been making them for three months now, almost daily. And then the draft guide is something I put a ton of work into. So you can check that out. Normally it's $30, but if you deposit a monkey knife fight for 10, they'll give you an extra $5. They'll give you a ticket. So you got about $20 a monkey knife fight, and then you get the draft guide. So you can check that out as well. All linked down below. Promo code Sal NFL lets them know that you came from me to get that offer. So factoring this by price, these are not all of my interest, of course. So if you're like, Sal, where's this guy or Sal? This guy's not starting. Well, it's probably because I recorded this very early in the morning or two. It's just because that I couldn't fit every single guy on here on a five or six game slate, five game slate, like 50 guys are going to be of interest to me, whether it's a lot of interest or just some interest. And right now in this picture, I have about 20 to 21 guys. So obviously there's going to be a lot more. These are just some names that I wanted to call out and beat at 10,500. Not a lot of studs on this slate, but Embiid definitely stands out. 1.84 fantasy points per minute in the bubble. According to NBA Wowie, you should check them out. A free site that you can use for just tools and on-off metrics, all those types of things. And then 1.66 fantasy points per minute, just with no Simmons on the year. He has a 37.2% usage rate in the bubble. Absolute beast. He's going to continue to beast that here. Yes, he's going up against Vooch. Embiid can take his game out of the paint, though, and that's where Vooch can not be as deadly, I guess you can say. So I'm fine with it. They're going to run the offense through him, especially they normally do, but now with no Ben Simmons. On the opposite side of that matchup for almost $3,000 less is Nikola Vucevic. Now, I prefer Embiid, even with the price difference, to be honest with you, as of right now, but Vooch is fine. You're getting Vooch in another situation where his teammates are injured. I think they both look at good options. I think paying for both of them becomes very expensive for your lineup, and there's some other cheaper centers that are also fine, or not maybe much more cheaper, but the high 6K range with Thomas Bryant, 7K in this range, as well as Joe Val's there, Jared Allen in the 6K range. So playing both Vooch and Embiid, maybe it makes you contrarian, but I don't think it makes you optimal. But you just have no Gordon and no Isaac now. He's going to continue to soak up minutes. He's a 1.36 fantasy point per minute producer with no Gordon or Isaac on the court this year. And Gordon was seeing 1.23 fantasy points per minute in the bubble. So Gordon was being more efficient than usual. And now Vooch is going to have to pick up a lot of that slack from a rebounding and scoring department. So it's a tougher matchup, especially if Horford starts now because he wasn't starting. So you have Horford and Embiid to go up against. So I would be leaning towards Joel Embiid there between these two top end centers. Aaron Fox at 7,600 has been coming alive the last two games. Now gets an ideal matchup against Brooklyn, like as good as you can possibly get against this this Nets team with the players that they're throwing out there. He's averaging 1.34 fantasy points per minute in the bubble. That is just huge production for a guard like him. He's playing about 35 plus minutes a game. I have him projected for 36 today. Joe Val battling for the eight seed. This team is playing big minutes. He played 34 in the last game. As long as he stays out of foul trouble, he's probably going to play 32 or 34. There's no Jaron Jackson Jr. So you're hoping against foul trouble against Steven Adams today. $7,300 is kind of build, building in a little bit of foul trouble because if you told me or if you told DraftKings that there's a high percentage chance that Joe Val plays 34 minutes today, and I still do think that it's the higher percentage chance that he plays over 30, right? Foul trouble, I don't want to project, but I would say he's not going to get in foul trouble uh, more than 50% of the time. Maybe it's close. Maybe it is a coin flip against Steven Adams. But if he stays out of that, he'd be like an $8,000 player. Thomas Bryant, 1.6x multiplier in Superdraft looks very good. It's, it's, it's just, it's more value over there, in my opinion. $7,200 on DraftKings, though, is fine. He leads this team with a 1.24 fantasy point per minute production, and he's playing 32 plus minutes a night. Fine matchup tonight against New Orleans and Derek Favors, who might play for 26 minutes, 26 minutes if he's lucky. Very good rebounder in his own right, but outside of that, it's going to be fine for Thomas Bryant. So I like him more in Superdraft. Um, a lot of options at center today, like we've already talked about in Vooch and Joel Embiid and Joe Val over on DraftKings. So I probably don't get there as much just because I'm going to spread out some of that ownership, but Superdraft looks very good. Levert has not been playing well, but at the same time, he kind of has. He's just not stringing it all together. $7,100, 1.3x multiplier in Superdraft. He has a 33% usage rate in the bubble, right? And this guy's averaging 1.2 fantasy points per minute in the bubble, according to NBAWowie.com. So yeah, it looks pretty good. Like a 1.2 production, you're normally seeing like 1.3, 1.35 production with no Dimity and Kyrie on the court. So you are getting a little bit of a lack of production there. But now the price point is not around the 8K range, it's around the 7K range. So now you're getting him priced for how he has been producing in the bubble. But if he actually produces how he has been all year and starts to produce a little bit better, become more efficient, he's going to blow this price tag out of the water. I do prefer him over the next guy up in SGA. Um, no Dennis Shooter, like we said, SGA averaging over a fantasy point per minute in the bubble. Chris Paul's just been the better guard out there. He's not playing as much minutes though. SGA will normally play 34 to 36. 
36, Paul 30 to 32. You're normally closer to 32 for Paul, but SGA is not that productive, right? You're not getting the 1.2 fantasy point per minute production like you're getting out of Paul. Jared Allen, if he plays today, looks great. 1.65x multiplier in Superdraft looks great. He was on pace to play 39 plus minutes, 39 and a half minutes in the last game, right? He played like 19 minutes and change in the first half against Boston. He's averaging 1.09 fantasy points per minute in the bubble like that. Kem is probably one of the guys in this list I don't like, or I like the least, but I think you might get low ownership. He's only $6,000. He's coming back from, he just played 27 minutes or like 26.7 minutes in the last game. Now he's rested. He might come out here and have no minutes limit. He might come out here and only play 28 minutes, but I do think he's going to play probably at least 26 to 28 minutes. And maybe they'll tell us that he has no minutes limit and you get 32 minutes out of Kemba. Or maybe he's limited, but still plays 30 minutes. At $6,000, that looks pretty good for a guy averaging one fantasy point per minute in the bubble, which is definitely well below what you expect out of him. No Ben Simmons, $5,800 shake Milton seems expensive, but if you're going to get 30 to 32 minutes, a higher usage rate, more drive uh, potential now with no Ben Simmons and just more shot attempts in general, it looks decent. He's over a fantasy point per minute producer this year without Ben Simmons. So the name doesn't look appealing in shake Milton, but honestly, he's probably going to produce today right around that price tag or better if he has just an above average game. Troy Brown Jr. and Dylan Brooks, both 1.75x multipliers on Superdraft. That's value there. I prefer Troy Brown Jr. Neither of them pop off the page for me, but there's at least value compared to DraftKings. Troy Brown Jr. is going to play 35 minutes. I haven't projected at 22% usage over 1.5 fantasy point per minute, 1.05 fantasy point per minute production. So that looks fine. As we keep going, hit the like and the big old subscribe button. Dylan Brooks, 5,400, was going to play 32 minutes. We discussed his foul trouble earlier. He's about a point nine fantasy point per minute producer so he just has to eat minutes in my opinion so 5400 is good this 5k range i think there's a lot of options none of them stand out above the rest to be honest with you like even evan fournier at 5300 have to probably has to pick up some slack shooting slack got back to his 32 minutes of stabilization he's been playing 0.13 fantasy point per minute below his overall season average in this bubble so i do think that you get a little bit more better usage out of him in my opinion or just more shot attempts and if he can start hitting those with no gordon with no isaac now he's gonna have to be like the number two guy in this team i actually think he slides down to be the number three guy in this team behind a guy in Terrence Ross, who's $5,000 today, who played the final 18 minutes and 42 seconds of 21 minutes without Aaron Gordon in regulation. He's averaging over a fantasy point per minute with no Gordon or Isaac on the court this year. I assume he starts. If he starts, I assume he plays 30 minutes, 30 plus minutes, and he's going to be the number two usage guy in this team, most likely. Maybe number three right there, 1A, 2A, 2B, uh, behind a guy in Evan Fournier. He might even be number one for this specific game. So uh, it's a tougher matchup against Philly, but again, Philly's down some bodies right now. So I think Terrence Ross looks good. Bogdan Bogdanovich was playing huge minutes in that last game. He was just popping off, playing very well, averaging 0.95 fantasy points per minute on the season, a 22% usage rate. In the bubble, he's up to 1.03 now. You saw Buddy Heal not get really any run because Bogdanovich was just playing really well in the last game. So Bogdan at 5,100 is value. I prefer Terrence Ross there, but I think they're both good options. Ish Smith at $5,000 flat, played 30 minutes in the last game. 25% usage rate leads this team tied with Shabazz Napier. The problem is Napier's only seeing like 20 minutes a game now, whereas Ish Smith is getting closer to 30 a game. And he's number two on this team behind Thomas Bryant with 1.11 fantasy points per minute. So Ish Smith, very sneaky play at 5k flat i assume terrence ross i assume bogdan even evan fournier pick up ownership at that low 5k range i think ishmith gets lost it doesn't mean he's the best play down there it just means he's a little bit sneakier and then in the 4k range brandon clark again so for the people who keep seeing me putting brandon clark on these lists yes he's in a good spot yes he is a 0.95 fantasy point per minute producer with no jaron jackson on the court this season he played 28 minutes in the last game he's going to just be fine that's it right if he gets in foul trouble if he doesn't produce well for you that's okay, but at $4,900, oh, that's obviously not okay, but at $4,900, I, he's a $6,000 player. He's at least a $5,500 player on the slate. He should be probably closer to 6000 for his skill set in the minutes that he's playing, and he's just not. So I'm going to continue to put him on this list because he's a good play. It's very similar to the Paul Casey a pandemic we've been having over the last month of the season in golf alone, which is Paul Casey blowing everybody's money away for three straight weeks, um, except this one's a little bit more stable because you can project basketball out a lot easier than golf by far a lot easier. Rashawn Holmes is only $4,900, played 30 plus minutes in the last game. 
as long as he stays out of foul trouble and he's this team is staying close he's going to play 28 to 30 minutes an ideal spot today and he's gonna have to go up against Jared Allen maybe it goes up against Kuros or Hall and that's even better for him so Holmes is a 0.77 fantasy point per minute producer in the bubble he's normally a 0.92 guy in the season so he's playing below his average by 0.15 points if he starts playing closer to his average and these minutes come together he can actually blow this tag out of the water like this is a borderline $7,000 player when everything is clicking for him and I'm not lying about that at $4,900 the minutes have to be there so staying out of foul trouble he gets the minutes there and then if he just becomes a little bit more efficient than he has been in like this small three or four game sample in the bubble compared to the huge sample that we've had of about 30 40 plus games on him during the regular season he's going to really light it up at this price point and then we have a strong mid-range as you can see from all the guys i'm listing from 7 to 4k but the, the bottom tier range not so great i think jj reddick at 4100 like i said earlier surprisingly the third best fantasy point per minute producer only behind guys like number one zion two brandon ingram on this team at 0.94 in the bubble right now again smaller sample but third best on the team at 4100 he looks fine and then ennis Cantor at 3500 you probably only get 16 to 18 minutes if you're lucky 20 minutes out of him with daniel tice starting and getting 26 to 28 but he is a cheap body i am projecting him for 18 minutes and he has a 1.24 fantasy point per minute production which actually leads this team in the bubble in 50 minutes he's just a high fantasy scorer it's just a matter of does he get the minutes or not matchup against toronto i assume tice stays out there a good amount but there's not a lot of value on the slate in the 3k range right now you have your guys like james ennis and those types of guys i can put on here but they'll be in my pool but i'm not really that interested in them i think the six seven five and even 4k range is so strong today and there's not a lot of options up top that you just don't have to dig into the 3k range all that much unless somebody opens up later in the day like outside of joel Embiid, there's really nobody that you can choose from not a lot of options below nine thousand dollars or above nine thousand dollars some of them are injured some of them are just overpriced like drew holiday and i just don't want to get there so i look at Embiid, and then i'm already in the 7k range and then quickly in the 6k range no reason to touch that 3k range and really no reason to touch much of the bottom of the 4k range thank you for tuning into this one be sure to check out and support the sponsors of the show today super draft promo code sal gets you 10 free dollars over there you should be signing up over there there's a ton of value in not having to play against 100 of the field and our second sponsor of the show monkey knife fight where you can get my draft guide but not just my draft guide you can also get a free ticket you also get a free five dollars you don't even have to put a deposit in using the promo code sal nfl and if you want to play a little bit of fantasy football this year against your buddies you get the draft guide thrown into that so if you deposit the minimum of ten dollars they'll give you the ten they'll give you an extra five they'll give you a ticket to a future contest for a value of twenty to twenty five dollars and then they'll give you my thirty dollar draft guide so you can check all that put a lot of hard work and continuing to put work into that draft guide it's going to be constantly updated so check all of that out hit the like and subscribe button before you go check me out on twitter at salvage dfs if you have any other questions thank you gang and i will see you tomorrow in the next video six game slate best of luck today